You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Bulls are off and running. And Dan and Jason Bernstein are here to keep you up to date with the Stampede. You're listening to Organizations Win Championships. Welcome to episode four of Organizations Win Championships, a Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Dan Bernstein, alongside my co-host, Jason Bernstein. And boy, do we have a full show today. We'll recap the win over the hapless Dallas Mavericks, the excruciating loss at Atlanta just last night. We're going to talk about the experience that we had at the Windy City Bulls game on Friday night. And then, of course, we will finish the episode, as we always do, with the OWC College Showdown. Where do you want to start with the Dallas game? Because I I, I, I wish uh, I thought it I wish I thought it mattered more. Yeah, I when your best player doesn't play, there's obviously a few things that are going to go wrong. And I, it seems like everything went wrong. And when your best player is Luka Doncic, even more than a little bit is going to go wrong. And that's exactly what happened. And the Bulls torched them. It's about as simple as that. They hit, what was it, 19 threes? 19. They usually attempt 18. It's not, I don't think it'll happen again this season, but who knows? I've been surprised before. Hopefully I can be surprised again, but I doubt it. It feels a little unfair to know how much of a one-off that was. Because on the one hand, you really want to compliment them for ball movement. And you know, they, when you hit that 30 assist mark and you shoot 55% from three and everybody's touching the ball and everything looks great. They're, they're, the deflections that they were getting early, I mean, they, they had 82 points and a half, which I think was their all-time United Center record. It's just, all, we all, I think everybody involved knows not only is it unlikely that they're ha- going to have a game like that this year, but that's kind of what they need to blow out an opponent like that is without a star player. And they got in at like four in the morning. 
So a- after a late start the night before, they had just played. It wasn't just a back-to-back. It was a short turnaround back-to-back. And it was like the opposite of the Chicago flu, where usually we look at a team that gets to Chicago too early and has enough time to go enjoy themselves. But I want to laud them and, and applaud all of their accomplishments and give them a laurel and hearty handshake. Hearty handshake. Yes, I know. But... <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. I, I wish I thought it was indicative of anything sustainable. It's not. And Patrick Williams hit a few threes, and he looked like he was going to be the next coming of Kawhi Leonard for two minutes, and then he doesn't play at all in the really in down the stretch or in overtime against Atlanta, which was notable to me. I thought that he was going to get some minutes, but Derek Jones Jr. ate those minutes up. And yes, he did allow that. He got back cut. And we'll yes, get to he, that. he missed a free throw and it was ugly. It was yeah. really, really, really ugly. He, Derek Jones Jr. played great. However, I don't think one, it, I don't think if Derek Jones Jr. is hot, I don't think you need to feed the hot hand of Derek Jones Jr. I'd rather you put no. in Patrick Williams or Javante Green, especially Javante. I'm just happy he's back. But I wish I saw a little bit more of him. I was, I was concerned about that yesterday. Closing out the Dallas game, I I guess we can dismiss it as a fortuitous confluence of events unlikely to be repeated at any point this season. But what do you call it? A party game, a stat game. That's when everybody wants to get off the bench and get in. And I thought I actually thought that because it, it was a it was over so early that on this for the what you want as a coach right before a back to back is empty the bench, get everybody out. They can put their feet up and, and and grab some water. Hell, they can have a real drink if they want at that point and, and get ready to rest up for the next game. I just, I, I guess it didn't make as much of a difference as, as I probably thought. No, it didn't. And it showed. It was so ugly. Oh, that, that last they, night. Last, yeah. Last night we were talking about the Mavs game. I, I'm just so, whatever on the Mavs game. I just don't really care. Okay, fine. You got a 30 point win, but it wasn't meaningful in any way. And it didn't show that it's sustainable for anything. So, I mean, I'm kind of just bypassing that. I don't really have to, yay, they won. Okay, fine. Let's, let's move on a little bit. I I really don't care about, about, I really don't care about the Mavs game. It was just kind of, oh, I'm going to shoot the ball. Oh, I made it. I mean, I wish I could, I wish they could do that more. Yeah, you uh, say it so casually. It's an NBA game. I mean, and I know it. it yeah, is a, but I'm I'm saying, well, not really. They played half the guy. If if it was a Bulls versus Texas Legends game, that it, that's basically what it was. It was like their G League team. Not quite. Not except quite. for Spencer Dinwiddie, who was scoring the crap out of it. Actually, his name actually came up because we were looking at the Bulls 2015 roster. Reason yeah. being the final play of last night's game in Atlanta, because the, the story behind it's amazing. 123-122, the Bulls lose in Atlanta on the second night of a back-to-back. And I, I don't know where to start because I can start with what I liked, that they did an unbelievable job on Trey Young. You gotta win that you have to win a game when you take him out like that. And that's without Io. It seemed like last year Io was the Trey Young killer. Good and point. he and he goes out. Within, uh, with an injury, let's just say. Okay, can we talk about that? Okay, sure, go ahead. I think he got hit in the nuts twice on the same play. He, yeah, 
he, I thought I thought he got he took a couple on the same play. Like you yeah. don't see that. He, I think he got he got hit. We I think there was like a hand or like a back fist, and then he fell right on Trey Young's knee. So I I don't know if there's such a thing as second impact syndrome for that. But <laughs> I don't mean to make light of of head injuries. I certainly don't mean to make light of second impact syndrome. But I don't think I've ever seen that before. And I guess preliminarily they say they say he's going to be okay. But ooh, youch. No fun. And then without him, they stuck to their rules. They doubled when they had to. The, I thought the problem was that if you're going to double young, you can't let them rotate it back to a, a wide open Bogdanovich at the end of a shot clock. No. And he made everything. Mm-hmm. That Larry Bird shot in dude, overtime. Dude, I said it and then Stacy said it. And I know, I know. And, I mean, and you looked at me. I said, I said, "That's a Larry Bird shot." And then I only Stacey looked was, at you because Stacy said it. He but, said, "Larry Bird would be proud." But he was celebrating like he won the game after every single shot he took. However, he fouled DeRozan with mm-hmm. 0.5 left, even though it ended up not mattering at all because of the AJ Griffin back cut. He's nice. So. If that was that was a really nice play. He's not too athletic, but the He's body nice. control to be able to turn and get a look at the rim, yep. Yep. especially against an athletic defender, that that's not easy. And he he did it like he's done it a thousand times. But I think you might want to bring this up about how Nate McMillan ran that play against the Bulls in the twenty fifteen. It wasn't Nate. It wasn't Nate McMillan. Oh, it was I the it was assistant. It was his assistant. Yeah. Is okay. Was. Okay, fine. The, well, well, that's why we were looking at the Bulls 2015 hmm. roster. The assistant's name is Joe Prunty. Careful. He was an assistant with the Milwaukee Bucks, with the Milwaukee Bucks in 2015. And if you remember, it was Jared Bayless who, yeah. who beat Derek Rose. Rose fell asleep completely on that little, that, that little fake cut, and he came back in. So seven years apart, the same assistant coach, runs the same play against the Bulls, and it works again. And Spencer Dinwiddie was on that Bulls team. Here's the cool part. Guess who was an assistant coach on the 2015 Bulls then? Oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah, I you was, do. Yeah, you I do. Was 10. Doesn't matter. He's got a connection to the play. Uh, Adrian Griffin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That, that was bad. I should have gotten that. AJ yeah. Griffin's dad was an assistant on the Bulls bench when the Bulls got beat by the same assistant coach running the exact same. Is that the exact same play? There were a lot of the 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 Twitter X and O sleuths out there, some of the Twitter coaches, and they're, 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 they're really, really good. And I'm sorry that I don't have the exact name of the Twitter account in front of me, but the it was a really good breakdown talking about the way the eye candy that they did at the top with the, the Trey Young double screen and everybody goes screaming around to try to make sure that Trey Young doesn't beat you. Because, of course, he hit that 32-footer late and he shot he was what, 4 15 something like that they were up to that point and it he still made shots when it mattered he hit that shot but then he took it seemed like six more in overtime and he missed all of them so you can't just when you miss so many shots and you hit one regardless of the timing of the shot you can't say that it was super clutch he was not that clutch he had one no. shot he had one shot Bogdanovich's clutch and that uh who is it Jalen Johnson to AJ Griffin actually they both dookies so that that's that's pretty interesting right there but 
Ugh. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how this new Zach Levine is going to fit into a, a, a like a fair sort of grading rubric because he makes bad shots. He takes bad shots, but he makes bad shots. And I'm working on, if I know that he's not going to attack the rim the way he did pre-injury, what constitutes a bad shot for him? I was talking to Will Purdue about it earlier today, and, and Will said it's about where and when on the shot clock, depending on the situation. It's one thing for it to be a bailout or the best shot they get after looking for other shots. But sometimes his shot is an early in the shot clock guys on their heels when they're walking it up and he just raises it up and nails it. He can make that. And I'm still working through it. And I don't know if you have a better idea of how to, how to do that, but he's the king of the no, 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 no. Yes. Like Ben Gordon used to be. I always think that every single shot he takes is a dumb shot. Cause even if it's a good shot, it seems like it's dumb. Right. It's, he takes such a high volume of bad shots to the point where you just get used to saying no, no, no. Even if it goes in sometimes, I generally say no. It frustrates me that he's not able to jump anymore. I, I really... Don't, don't you think it's better a little bit? What, that he can't jump? Yeah, no, but I think his jumping is a, a oh, incrementally better than it was. It's not, but I don't think it'll be the same. I'm still. Well, I sure. I sure hope so. That, yeah. I mean, obviously, I hope so, and I'm rooting for it. But they maxed out a dude with a bad knee, and he's taking dumb shots. And yeah, he makes them some of the time. But if you, if that's the guy you max out, you have no wiggle room. If that's your guy, and this is what he is, you're kind of screwed. Well, it, it sure hurt to have. It hurt to have Caruso out. That that miss, missing him makes such a huge difference. Even though they did get their share of deflections, I believe that he and Javante Green are either one two or two one in either deflections per forty eight or deflections per minute. That their their efficiency of of getting hands on basketballs is really outstanding, and you'd think that the overall defense would be better with with the numbers that they already have. Yeah, he's so important to this team. And I talked about it, I think it was last episode, how it's a struggle when your best or most valuable player can't really shoot threes. or mm -hmm. And he doesn't have that much of an offensive output. And it's annoying when you're missing a guy that doesn't shoot and it still leads to you being bad. It seems like every other team, if they have a guy out, either it's a superstar or it's because they make a ton of threes or both mm -hmm. like Brad Bradley Beal was out when they played the Wizards and all he does is make threes and yeah, they they're struggled not the same. With, they struggled without him and Luca's Luca but if uh, even no matter how much Trey Young is going to miss there's always just going to be another dude that's going to be able to shoot and that was Pogdanovich it seems like with the Bulls a guy goes out it's not a shooter and yet they still lose it. They need to be able to score and they need their more val. I wish their more valuable players were better three point shooters. And well, and, and even though Vooch is playing well, it, it, when, when, when he's like, I hate to go back to the Dallas game, but when they're starting inside out, that gets them into their side to side stuff. And he's when, when Vooch is engaged, 
the ball seems to move. Like last year's offense relied on Vooch's hands at the high post. They did a lot of stuff with him at the high post. And now it's a little more classic inside, outside, four out, a little bit more movement with him. And I just think they 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 forget after a while. It's like, okay, we've given Vooch his touches inside. Now DeMar's going to do his thing. And now Zach's going to take his shots. And it's sometimes you, you, you wish there was more of a reminder of being a little bit more deliberate in what they do and running things through him. And the, I don't, I don't mean posting him up for him to score every time, but posting him up enough for him to change the shape of the defense and begin that rotation, skip reversal and get the open three. The, the problem is they don't have enough guys to take that open three and other teams do. Yeah. Will Purdue. This is, this was Will Purdue's biggest point last night after the game. He said, Vooch had eight after the first quarter and he ended with 13 and that's with an overtime. Right. And when you have a guy that's six, 11, seven feet tall, that can, that is really good hands that has an ability to score, but more importantly, he can see the floor. Well, not just because he's tall, but he can actually see the floor with vision and make that. That sounds stupid. He has really good. He can see the floor, the floor by smelling it, <laughs> but he, he, he has synesthesia, but he, he can, he can, he can see the floor. the floor. He's daredevil, but he makes, he's, he can see the floor when it comes to, passing the basketball and it leads to opportunities for more guys to be able to score. And that's when you, yes, you want to have shooters. Stop laughing. I really don't. How do you see the floor? I do it with my vision. Ooh, good concept. But (laughs) I should try that. It's when that's the issue is when you need back cutters. When if Vooch, if you're running the ball through Vooch and I, I, I don't see Patrick Williams going from the corner to the basket. He just kind of stands and lopes around a couple of times and he plays defense. So I'm so torn about Patrick Williams because I, I think he, he's an impact player, but he's also not an impact player. It's a huge dilemma that they need to figure out. And I also think Patrick needs to figure it out himself. Like, what am I going to do to help this team win? The numbers on the deflections, Rick found those for us, Rick Camp, our producer and uh, one-man research department. Deflections per 36, Javante and Caruso are tied with five and a half. That, that's an astonishing number. Yeah. That, that's, that really is. And that, that's why when, in our last episode, when we talked about Caruso getting credited with four steals, but he should have been credited for involvement in twice that many steals. Cause that's just because he tips. It doesn't mean he ends up being credited with the steal sometimes depending on who, co- who comes up with it, but God, they, they need it. Cause because they turn the ball over too much too. What did Zach have seven last night? He just, it looked like a G league game. Zach, Zach turns the ball over as much as, as many times as G league players do sometimes. Mm-hmm. They, 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 I don't care if it looks less care it looks like it's less careless because in in the g league it just seems like everything's a turnover but it's fun but zach they give the ball up so easily and they'll just get destroyed in transition especially when you don't have caruso and when io gets hurt you're 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 bound to get crapped crapped (laughs) i I took i i i clap i took i took an i took a nap you're, you're half asleep still i, I, t- okay. I took a nap what, for about what time did you wake up this morning what time woke did you wake up at 4 30 
430 because Mondays are going to be tough for this. So you were on the ice at six, right? Yeah. On the ice at six. Up at 430 on the ice at six. <laughs> and then, and then you, <laughs> you're a peach today, man. You can't and, control uh, yourself today. No, it's, it's, it's funny. You got some, you got some good ones. I love it. The other note, Javante Green had four turnovers. That's Zach had weird. Zach had seven and Green had four. And this mm-hmm. team's got a value possessions where before we move on and talk about our, our fabulous experience out at the Windy City Fort Wayne game on Friday night, they rolled out the red carpet for us. I want to find out what do you think bottom line overall on Drummond so far? Like if you, are you basically saying give me three words or a three word phrase that that describes a season? If you have one. Uh, but I, you don't you don't have to limit it to three. I don't need a headline. This isn't halftime of a Bears game. Um, I don't know. It just seems like he he he's he plays. He 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 balls. It, there's a term that's just "eff it, we ball." It just seems like every single time he goes out on the floor, he's just trying to be active. If he gets the ball, he's trying to put put in the basket. And on the defensive end, he he's great with deflections. Actually, he's gotten into some passing lanes this year. He tries to make things happen. He tries to make things happen, and and he's skilled enough to the point where they matter. It's not just an energy guy that can't play basketball. He he can play. He's he's a skilled energy guy that just wants to play. I wish he could block shots. I wish, I wish, I wish. And if for a guy that big, he really can't jump, but he can move people around. And it, it the I, I don't like thinking of what a guy can't do, but it's I, I'm I'm always thinking, God, if only, if only he could really be a rim protector. And I know I look at him and I I think he's going to be, but he's just not. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You want to talk about Friday night? I, I want to hear sure. your your overall impressions too, because the the you covered a game as a member of the media, as a reporter out at Now Arena, Windy City in Fort Wayne. It was your first experience out there covering it, and we got there two hours before game time. Take us through your experience. It was really, really, really fun. It didn't. Nobody showed up to the game except a few people, and of course they 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 knew about the OWC pod yeah a lot of fans how about that yeah it it was coming up like at least like four or five or so and it it was pretty it was pretty interesting you said if those guys aren't listening to our podcast we have a problem because who the hell will if if people who attend bulls g league games aren't listening i said this this is like middle middle of the ones you gotta have so thank you thank you to our core our base what was interesting to see was in they don't miss in warmups 
they just they're they're still professional basketball players and people forget that because it's the g league i just think there's some sort of a stigma about oh it's not the nba so the players are terrible no they're not they're significantly better than college players and I would say, I don't know too much about overseas basketball, but it's 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 some decent basketball, and it's really cool to see just guys that want it really badly. There's no hard. flopping. There's they try, and I mean Justin Anderson is kind of a hothead on uh, Fort Wayne, but mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed myself, and I would I just want to say Dalen Terry. When I cover my high school basketball team. He talks the exact same as the high school guys. You can tell that he's only been a pro for a couple of months. He's a kid. He's two, three years older than I am. And that's, I think, probably about two. He's two years older than I am. It's weird. It's weird. What's so funny is after you talk to him, and this was this was early in the game. We got some time with him off before off the, the game. Court. Before, before the, the game. game, excuse me, as people are warming up. And we talked to him. And the first thing Jason says is, he's so young young and i said yeah but like you're 17 <laughs> but you're right you're right he's he is a kid and and it was a little strange i was i asked him directly and i said when when they told you you were coming down what did they tell you about what you need to work on and what you have they, to do to earn your spot and he just said i don't really know much about that that goes through my agent yeah they didn't tell him what he needed to work on they didn't so what is what is he supposed to do? I think what it, from my perspective, I think he needed to work on con- just knowing when to be crazy energy guy. And I would just say his jump shot because it either looked really good or really bad. I think that's his. It, it, he has two big things that I think he needs to improve on before he can be an impact player at the NBA level. And I think those two things are his jump shot and pace. When game, he's. Pace. Under, it's. I think it's more than he is. You said it at halftime. I think. And and by the way, thanks to uh, Joe DiGiacomo and the whole crew, Mark Shanowski and Will, everybody at NBC Sports Chicago that was kind enough to have the organization's win championships podcast as the halftime guest. We had an absolute blast doing it. And I thought what you said to Mark about Dalen. What did you say? You see a lot of I see I see a lot traits. of traits, but he's not ready. Yeah. No. And I, so I guess it, it changes my Dalen Terry. He should play every night from no. the last the last episode. He shouldn't. But I th- maybe by the end of the season, who knows? I, I think if they do it right and he develops, I think that's possible. He's I would love far, for that to happen. Away. But he's he is very, very far away. Very far away. He doesn't. He has a collection of things he does well, and I guess that's about right for a late first round pick. You know, I, I think that's you. You draft traits. I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad pick, but it really takes an. It, it takes active. It's not a bad pick. I don't. I don't no, 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 no. Not. No, don't get me wrong. And we saw Windy City coaches with individual players before the game taking time. They had. They had laptops. They had tape they were going over what where they stand they were looking at stuff from fort wayne about their assignments and talking there there was really active developmental coaching going on and we and we the specific drills that the assistants were running for different players they were really working on what they felt they needed to work on which which is great but I, i would love to have seen dalen like what they what drills they were doing with him because he's got to learn how to they have no tape on him, though. He's only played a few G League games, and he never get he rarely right. gets playing time in the NBA. So, what are they supposed to show that he needs know. to work on? I, I, it, it's I, a little bit more difficult for him. 
I agree. I agree. I mean, they were really working with that dude, uh, Zegarowski, that they acquired from the Long Island Nets. Marcus Zegarowski. Yeah. Yeah. And Javon Freeman Liberty, the former DePaul guard, who he's explosive. I knew he was a good scorer, but he's he's pretty explosive. I like his body. Very much. I really like his body. And I he's if he could develop a three-point shot, if he could be sort of a three and D style wing, he's aggressive as hell. I mean, he this team is full of guys who just want to put it on the floor and go right to the lip of the basket. Carly he, Jones, man. Ethan Thompson. He was doing No, it too. Ethan Thompson's a shooter. Ethan Thompson, great shooter, actually. But he, he was trying to get to the basket every time. Yeah. I although I think. Mar- By the way, Marco Simonovic was sick. We didn't even know right up until tip-off that he wasn't playing. But he Marco was sick with a non-COVID illness. I kind of wanted to see him play. But there is a guy named Henry Drell on, on the Windy City Bulls. And if there is anybody on that team that I think looked the most ready for a call-up or looked most pro-ready, it was definitely Henry Drell. And we talked to him after the game. Great guy, by the way. And he talked about how he's a righty, but his left hand always came naturally to him. And that was that was interesting because his le- he used his left hand so much throughout the game. It's not like he never used his right, but he drove to his left a lot. And it was interesting to see that it was his offhand, but we learned that it kind of wasn't at the same time. He looked good compared to, a, and he looked more polished than a lot of the other guys. Well, and he carried himself, even though he's 22 years old. 23, I think. I think he's 22. But comparing him to, to Dalen, like that is a guy who's played professionally since he was 16. And it shows. He's got a lot of polish to him. He talked glowingly about Tony Kukoc. Yeah, he really he wanted to pattern his game after guy worships Tony Kukoc. And that's a guy who really does. You you noticed it early. You said, boy, that he has his head up, always has his head. Always. He only had three assists, but he made a lot of passes, a lot of passes. And his handle for a dude who's six, nine and pretty long it in in transition, he was able to dribble around and through guys, which was, I, we kind of looked at each other when he did that. Mm-hmm. We, every single time he did that, or this dude, Davidus Servetus yeah, on the Fort Wayne Madden. You had like little cartoon hearts coming out of your head watching Oh, him. he didn't miss. You loved him. If, if he gave, if he gained 30 pounds, I think he could be in the NBA right now. He Seriously. gained 30 pounds and got a step quicker. And yeah. maybe, and maybe grew a couple of inches. No, he's just, but he doesn't miss. I I told you before the game, this guy Servetus is not going to miss ever. He was five of six from three point range in the game. Yes. Yeah. Drell, actually, he was three of six from three, uh, nine of 16 from the field. He had 23 and 11 with a plus six by the end of the game. And he was happy about it, too. He was oh, yeah. coming off high fiving little kids and stuff. He was really enjoying how, you know, the the night that he had. Because with Samanovic out, I imagine he doesn't get opportunities like that all that often. I will tell you, on, on, on the downside, the biggest name, literally and figuratively, is Antetokounmpo. I didn't think he was that good. Uh, non-prospect. Yeah, like he he fouled out in the fourth quarter. He only he was a starter. He only played 24 minutes. He had a minus five. He had four points, and uh, one of four from the field. Three rebounds. Yeah, just not yeah. not good. 
Okay. I know it takes more than one game, and this is a small sample, but that that looked to me like the old non-prospect. Oh, boy. But, again, thank you so much to everybody with Windy City and Kyle Brown for all of his assistance there. They don't get any media there. We were, no. we were the only two credentialed media. There's no press conference. There's no open locker. If you, if you want a guy, you go talk to him. And it was, it was super casual and tickets are really inexpensive. It's a, it's a fun, fun, fun entertainment product. And as somebody who came up through minor league pro basketball, who actually worked when the Rockford lightning were the CBA affiliate of the Chicago bulls, similarly in, in, in a very similar regard. And that that's, that's how I cut my teeth in this business. And I was, it made me feel really good. It was, I, as I said, it, it was like it was like soul food for me to to have that. So thanks to them. I hope you had fun too. Save that credential. It's up, I will. It's no, I'm saving my desk. Save it. Okay, make sure you save that. And that will bring us to the organization's win championships college showdown. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. that time i had a little coming out party last week this is and just if you're just joining us uh, and and if you are just joining us in episode four what the hell's wrong with you where you been you should have been here and you should know what the college showdown is jason bernstein thinks he knows where every current nba or went to college and i present three each week and then to see to test my knowledge he will grab three vintage nbaers and i will see where they went to school did i, I got all three last week is that right mm-hmm. i think i did i think you i did. did all right so if you want to go first, who, or how do you want to do it? You uh, go to me first. You read off the names first. All right. We will start with Spurs forward and former Bull, Alizé Johnson. Missouri State. That is correct. Used to be is he on the Spurs or is he on the Austin Spurs? The G League. He's listed on their roster. Okay. All right, fine. He's listed on their roster, so I went with him because he's a former Bull. You should have known. Missouri State is correct. That's a tough one, actually. Brooklyn guard and former Spur, Patty Mills. He's from Australia, and he went to St. Mary's. That is correct. And lastly, Rockets forward Bruno Fernando. Bruno Fernando. Oh, Maryland? Yes. He went to Maryland. Nice. All right. Bring it on. Damn it. Let's go. Former Seattle Supersonic and Dallas Maverick, Dale Ellis. Tennessee. Yes. 
now I we thought have... you were going to say Detlef Schrempf. I was going to be like, oh, no. Now, oh, well, well you'll probably research that one if I choose it. But former Dallas guard, again, Rolando Blackman. Oh, Ooh, I'm going to be so mad. I know a terrific player, Ro Blackman. That was like old school two guard, real ass two guard. And he had the Illinois guy next to him. Oh, that's such a great name. And I should know this. And I'm mad that I don't. Ro Blackman. I'm picturing SEC. I'm thinking red Georgia. No. Kansas State. Big 12. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. And then we have That's former Knicks forward, Anthony Mason. Mace, CBA dude. He went to a small school. Did he go to Tennessee Chattanooga? No. Where? Tennessee State. Oh, okay. That's where Richard Dent went, right? Was it Richard Dent, Tennessee State? I don't know. I, don't Tennessee, know. I should have known that. I mean, I that that's where I'm, I, a, I'm I, 11 and I, one. You're seven and five. Yes. I'll I'll take it. I'll take yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Rick, for keeping track of that, and thank you for producing as well. So if you are enjoying the Organizations Win Championships podcast, what you need to do wherever you get your podcast, like it, rate it subscribe to it tell all of your friends and family members about it and say nice things about it and what else what else do we need to know we're gonna do this again in a few days we'll have more bulls basketball to talk about and here's hoping it's better bulls basketball to talk about appreciate you joining us